0: Hi everybody and welcome to The Lash Tribe Show. My name is Julia Mann and I'm the owner and founder of Lash Tribe. We help create successful and fully booked lash artists all over the world with the help of our online and in-person training programs. And in today's episode I would like to discuss dealing with difficult clients. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is something that I'm very passionate about and I know a lot about being in the beauty business for over 16 years now. At the time of this recording, I have a lot to say, so stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back. I'm super excited to have you today because I think everyone has had their fair share of difficult clients. And I think I'm just going to start at the start because that just makes sense. When I started my business, I was a little bit shyer. Well, quite a lot more shy than what I am today. And today I really tell my clients how it is and how it should be that they need to clean their lashes or they can't come in, that they can't be late and things like that. But I think everyone who starts out their own business wants to have their clients and they want them to stick with them at any cost. So sometimes we tend to get into that kind of routine of just wanting to please everyone and being there at any times of the day and really not making any exceptions if it's the Sunday or Monday, if a client calls you or if they call you at 11 p.m. at night, you might pick up because you think you have to be there, you have to be reachable, you have to be available 24-7. So let's talk about that kind of thing first, about the time. Because in the beginning when you're starting out, might have the first few clients coming in you want to try and really please them and for me it was exactly the same Um, i was really really shy i always said yes to everything it was very difficult for me to say no because i thought i'm going to lose my clients straight away and after a while those clients kind of start to not physically trample on me but they knew they could get away with a lot more than what they should have gotten away with, such as being late, such as not cleaning their lashes, (laughs) calling me at all hours of the day or night. And I worked even Saturdays and Sundays. I didn't know until probably a few years ago that I actually had something called a family life and that I needed to make that a priority at times. Well, mostly, but at times I needed to not work on a Friday night, no Saturday and Sunday because my husband and my kids wanted to quality time with me. But this is the kind of thing that a lot of people don't do, especially if you're younger and you think you need to just say yes to everything. So the scenarios that I was in, for example, was I had this one lady, she was always late, always 15 to 20 minutes late. After a while, I just started booking her in at a different time, for me, she didn't know because I still told her, she had, has to be in at 2pm, um, but I actually told her 1.30, so that she would come at like 10 to 2, so that I could have the rest of my clients come in afterwards and not having to wait around, because it's very, very rude if you're running over time. But you know what, sometimes it's not even your fault. A lot of the time, it is your client's fault, the client that has coming, that been coming in previously and there's nothing, not much you can do about it other than um, learning that this client is always late. They think they have like a, a free pass for whatever reason. But if you don't have any other clients, you kind of want to hold on to that client, right? So something that I did is to tell that lady, yep, yeah, come in at 1.30, your appointment is at 1.30, when really it was two o'clock. So this is just a little tip for those that are always late. If you have lots of clients and you always have someone who's late, and also a bit rude, I would probably not even have them as a client, yeah? But sometimes in the beginning, if you're starting out, you can't really allow yourself not to take that particular client. So this is something that you can do in the beginning and then as, you know, the busier you get, you can probably pass on a few clients and send them to another stylist, (laughs) which you don't like, perhaps. That is mean to say, but this might be an option for you, okay? So this is the first thing, someone who's being late. Someone, and this is something that I hear all the time, people complaining about on Lash Tribe, on our emails we get that question sometimes, which is really, my client never, ever, ever washes her lashes when she comes in. She always comes in with makeup. What can I do? Well, there's a few things that you can do. Number one is Have you educated your client enough? Take photos, show her the tissues after you have cleansed her lashes or his lashes. We don't want to discriminate, his or her lashes. I'm going to stick to you cleaning your client's lashes and you can show her this is how dirty the tissue got. Look at this because some of the clients and I know you have probably been in that situation Some of the clients say, uh, and they're adamant about it, they're really, really strong, like have strong feelings about it and say, I have not worn any mascara this week. I promise you that for a fact, 100% I have not worn any mascara. And then you go ahead (laughs) and you clean her lashes and you go, hmm, interestingly enough, it's very black. So what you can do very, very in a gentle manner without telling them off, because if you tell someone off, they're probably not going to return but you can tell them, um, look, Suzanne, I have just cleansed your lashes and maybe there's still some from last week. You know, I really wanna believe you that you have cleaned your lashes, but you know, you can still see some. And this can really affect the way that we are applying lashes today if I'm not cleansing properly. And the cleansing time takes time. So that will kind of go off your lashing time because imagine you have a stick with lots of dirt, and then you want to put a stick with glue onto the other stick but that stick has lots of dirt that glue sticks to the dirt and will fall off over time and that stick does not have anything stuck to it so this is the way that you can explain the lash hygiene so you can't apply a lash to a dirty lash even if it's just the slightest bit of mascara you cannot do it because there's a film on the lash, it's not clean you're not going to have a proper bond, okay? So you can show those pictures to your client. You can explain to her, look, if you're not cleaning your lashes properly, it's fine. You know, this is what I'm here for. I am the professional. I know how to clean your lashes properly, but let us add some time to your appointment. Now I do have to charge you for it obviously because it takes time and time is money. Um, So we can do that for you. Every time you come in, we just add another $10 on for you or 15, however much you want to charge for 10 minutes. Usually it's about maybe $2 or something like a minute. So maybe even $20 if you're a higher end salon. And then either your client will say, yeah, that's fine. Look, I couldn't be bothered cleaning. Like I had a client, um, she always came in straight after work. She did not clean her lashes because she was full on wearing makeup, heavy mascara, and also really thick makeup on her skin and around her eyes. So every time I cleansed her lashes, it took an extra 15 minutes. And I knew that every time she comes in, this is what she pays for, right? She was a lovely lady. She just didn't clean her lashes when she came in for refills. If she had a weekend appointment or something like that, even then she still had a bit of makeup left. So this is something that, you know, you kind of have to weigh up how much makeup is there, how long will it take you to clean those lashes and then either charge them for it. And then you have those clients on the other hand that then will decide then and there oh no I don't want to pay anything extra I will start cleaning them myself right and obviously that's the best case scenario then you just have to go over very quickly with your lash shampoo rather than trying to scrub every single lash and remove that makeup so this is a cleansing situation yeah then you have those clients that might complain that you are not putting lashes on her that are long enough or heavy enough. This is something that I actually talked to one of my students about on on the weekend when she was here for a volume course. She said, My clients all want long lashes. And I said to her, Yeah, well, most clients, if that's a clientele that you have, they would want to have long lashes and they are the ones that kind of Um, stepping over you they're the ones that are demanding things that you do them for them and because you're not changing the ways this is what they want and then eventually their lashes will get damaged and personally i don't really want to have someone walking around that looks like they are about to take off because this is not the way that i teach lashes yeah for me it's all about the lash health and the safety of the application and I have something called the um, lash health level chart in any of our online or in-person training courses, which you can check out at lashtribe.com.au. Um, and this is the lash health chart that we follow every single time we are applying lashes. We know exactly how many more millimeters longer we can go. We know exactly, we're looking at a natural lash and then we're looking at the synthetic lash and we know exactly what we can apply and we're not gonna go more than two or three millimeters longer than their natural lashes are, okay? So if a client comes in and has nine millimeter long lashes, you can't apply 16 millimeter lashes on them and do a 5D. It's just not possible because over time, well, it is possible, but the issue is with that, and this is what I tell my clients and I tell my students to tell their clients as well, you have to educate them and tell them what can happen if they are continuously overweighing the client's natural lashes. And this is what I do. I usually take a photo of the time they're coming in with their really heavily applied lashes. And I show them just how weak and little and fiddly the tiny lashes are. And I show them, this is what it looks like right now. You already have very sparse, very weak lashes. They're getting shorter and shorter every time you come in for a really long set. Not that I have applied them, but they may have come from another salon. And then I tell them, if you continue to do this, imagine here's a little follicle. The lash grows out of the follicle. This follicle, every time that lash has heavier, heavier, heavier lashes on them, the follicle starts to scar and close up. So they're scarring tissue forming. So every time this happens, this lash that was growing out nicely beforehand gets thinner and shorter and eventually this can happen even that this follicle closes up all the way because it's full of scar tissue and doesn't produce a healthy lash anymore would you like that to happen because we also sell strip and magnetic lashes (laughs) this is what I say and most freak out and go oh my god no and you know what some of them might run off and go to another salon and might get their lashes applied there and then she can end up with no lashes at all and then she can come back and buy our magnetic lashes for all i care right so for me it's all about educating the client and making sure that they know what is wrong and what is right and what is good for them and what is not whether they are going to take that advice or not at the end of the day that's up to the client right there's not much that we can do yeah, and this is basically the three main things that we always get complaints about or that people are doing to us, our slash artists. There's one more thing that I want to mention when it comes to clients expecting you to always jump for them, which is the nighttime telephone conversations. I mean, everyone has their phone on them these days. Yeah, Everyone is reachable all the time, which is a good thing as a business owner, but also a bad thing as a business owner. Because if we are picking up the phone for a client at 10 p.m. at night, even if it's only once, they think, oh then, Julia's always available, I'm just going to continuously call her. And you don't want to be disturbed every night at 10 p.m. I certainly don't want to. I'm watching Netflix, lying in bed probably, watching uh, something that I should be watching every night instead of talking to clients and figuring out appointments. This is why booking system comes in really, really handy as well. I will put a link down in the show notes or underneath the video if you're watching this on YouTube with the booking system that I use and recommend. It's only $29 for the whole month and it sends reminders to your clients the day before or however you set it up two days before and it literally eliminated the no-shows when I had my salon really, really busy and pumping out five, six clients a day. Everyone was showing up and I always took deposits as well. You can do that with a booking system. It's called Acuity and it's linked down in the show notes if you wanna go and check it out. So yeah, number one, booking system is really important. Number two, do not pick up the phone. Make sure that your clients know you have certain hours of the day that you are available. Make it 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I mean, you can have longer hours of replies if, if that's what you want but I would not recommend that you ever start picking up your phone or replying to text messages in the middle of the night. The bad thing about this is that a lot of clients expect it these days from businesses, but I'm just telling you that because a lot of people are always complaining that this happens. So to make your complaining go away, stop picking up the phone, don't reply. Yeah. You might lie next to your phone, which is on the bedside table next to you, charging during the night and it might go z- z- at 2am it might wake you up because some clients I don't know their mothers they're breastfeeding and that's the only time they might be able to text you don't feel like you have to text back straight away they are just thinking about you in that moment they're texting you it's fine leave it until the next morning and then you can go ahead and reply another little tip I can give you is to get a work dedicated phone number a sim card that's like a yearly thing it doesn't have to be a fancy payment plan But just have something where your clients can reach you and then on the other hand you have your private phone and then you only turn your work phone on when it's time to turn it on in the morning and then turn it off at night when you are ready for bed or when you are ready to not talk to your clients anymore. Yeah, But the kind of hours during the day, I can't make those hours up for you. You have to decide for yourself what the best times are for your clients to talk to you. Okay. And this is not just calling or texting, that's like Facebook messaging because of the, a lot of the um, booking stuff is now happening through Facebook. And to really save you time, not having to go back and forth with your clients, a booking system is really, really helpful. It will take a lot of your work of your everyday emailing and messaging and phone calls and texting. So definitely check out the show notes about Acuity. If you have any clients that are extremely rude to you, they're not happy, With anything that you ever do it is probably time to let them go. Now the best way to do so is to say I am so sorry we have tried to make you happy for so and so many times so and so many weeks or months or appointments and it doesn't seem to work for us or for you and we don't want to see you unhappy so we have decided that we will refer you to someone else where hopefully you are a little bit more happy than what you are here. And we're very sorry that we couldn't do for you what you expected. And hopefully you will get that with another stylist. I think that is the most professional way to part because now this client can't go back and say, oh, this client was really rude and leaves you a a one star review for something that you really were in the right to do but you don't want to do that kind of thing officially because things always come back to you and word of mouth is a big thing and it always spreads. Talking about one star and five star reviews, if you ever get a one star review, whether it's a real review or not, I would always try and uh, reply in the nicest manner possible and address the issues. Be very open and honest about it because that is the first thing that potential clients look at. They look at your worst reviews not the best ones they straight away jump to the worst review i mean have you ever bought something off amazon the first thing you do is you look has it got five star reviews yep it has like four and a half out of five across the board but then you go jump onto the one star reviews to make sure you read it and you, you have a look at it and what i always do and i know a lot of you guys do as well you go ahead and have a look at the reply of the company in the way that they have replied if they're being shitty about it I will probably not buy from that company if the company is replying in a really professional manner explains everything and offers the ongoing support whether the customer takes it or not is up to the customer but the way that that company replies really makes my buying decision so much easier if it already has a good star rating altogether it is very important that you do set boundaries right from the start and establish the things and not just tell them after five or six sessions and say hey we can't really chat that much or can you not take phone calls the whole time or wriggle around the first thing the very first thing that a client comes in you should sit down with them and tell them exactly what to expect on their end but what you also expect from them which is no talking some people are very good at talking and not moving their eyes If you have clients like that, of course, it's totally fine if you like to talk and you're not slowing down because most lash artists actually slow down as they are talking with their clients. But some like to take phone calls. I used to have uh, this lady in the very start of my career who thought that she could always take phone calls and I was too shy to say anything about it. Um, And so she did take those calls and it was very difficult to lash her and it took me forever to finish the set. So now what you can do when you sit down for the consultation, even have it in the consultation form, like as a little thing that what is expected of you. No phone calls, very, very little talking, no wriggling around, no sudden movements, all these kinds of things, and even prepare them as they are lying down. Reiterate it again to them and tell them um, what makes your life, your leisure artist life easier and how they can actually get out of the appointment faster as well and how they can get the nicest lashes possible so yeah moving obviously it's a big thing because you don't want to go and chase that lash constantly it's very very difficult I really hope that those tips have helped you a little bit if you would like any more information of uh, on our in-person or online training courses please feel free to go to lashtribe.com.au and go to our online or in-person training programs check out our other Blogs or podcast, and I will see and hear you in the next episode of The Last Drive Show. Bye.